Finnis Dunaway contends in his study, Natural Visions, that when Americans want to understand their relationship to the natural world, they often turn to images. Consider a membership appeal made in the late 1990s by the Wilderness Society, one of the nation's leading conservation groups. Mailed to individuals throughout the country, the appeal included several items, a letter detailing the commercial and political threats to the national forests, a petition directed to the President of the United States, and, as an added enticement to new members, a free gift offer of Celebrating the American Earth, a portfolio of photographs by Ansel Adams. For many, the brochure explains, these photographs have answered more eloquently than any written statement the question, why wilderness? Celebrating the American Earth presents scenes of Yosemite and other national parks as part of the group's campaign to protect the wilderness. By sending it to you, the brochure concludes, the Wilderness Society will fulfill Ansel Adams' wish that through his photography, all people might celebrate the American Earth and learn that preserving the land enriches the human spirit. Merging art with politics, fusing national identity with the human spirit, the Wilderness Society offered Ansel Adams' photographs as a way to preserve the American landscape and, in a sense, save the American soul. With this membership appeal, the Wilderness Society joined a long cultural tradition of linking visual images to environmental reform. Since its emergence at the turn of the 20th century, the conservation movement has pushed for broader changes in American society. Through the creation of national parks and the founding of government agencies, the movement has been a voice for wild animals and natural scenery, for fragile ecosystems and finite resources of soil, water, and forests. Yet the history of environmental reform is more than the passage of a series of laws. It is also the story of images representing and defining the natural world, of the camera shaping politics and public attitudes. From magazines and documentary films to membership appeals and coffee table books, the conservation movement has relied on images more than any other American reform movement. Before 1900, Americans had also looked to images to understand the meanings of their landscape, from Thomas Cole's Hudson River School paintings to Albert Bierstadt's monumental portrayals of the West. 19th century artists celebrated the scenic wonders and spiritual possibilities of the American Earth. Words of Finnis Dunaway from his study titled Natural Visions. It is those artists before 1900 who speak deeply to John Lakuta, especially those with ties to eastern Pennsylvania. John Lakuta is a lawyer, an arts advocate, and conservation volunteer who will present two art workshops at Hickory Run State Park in Carbon County in July and August. John stopped in at the WVIA studios to fill us in. I don't want people to live in the past. I want them to live in the present, and I want children to actually think like artists or see the world like artists. I, I'm not an artist myself. I'm actually a, a lawyer by trade, 
And my goal is not to create works of art. My goal is not to create little artists. My goal is just to get people in general, particularly children, attuned to looking at the world around them, to seeing the world, to understand the significance, to understand the beauty. And I often say, if they don't see any beauty, then create some. And I have been very fortunate uh, since 2012 to be working with the staff that run Nescapec State Park as well as uh, Hickory Run State Park. I first did a kid's mural there featuring uh, Sugarloaf Mountain in, in 2012. And that, over time, has morphed into what they call art in the park. And I've been doing a series of various arts projects based on nature and also based on the insights and the inspiration that I get from artists of renown, such as John James Audubon, Thomas Moran, George Catlin, and others. And since 2022 is the 150th anniversary of the founding of Yellowstone, I have been calling this not the arts in the park, but arts and the nation's park. The nation's park was a phrase that George Catlin came up with when he first suggested the creation of a national park that would have set aside a huge chunk of the American prairie in order to save the habitat, to save the bison, and therefore save the Indians whose entire economy and lifestyle and culture was based on the bison. And he did that in 1832, 40 years before Yellowstone was even founded. And that was five years before Thomas Moran, another Pennsylvania painter closely associated with the establishment of Yellowstone, was born. Now, Thomas Moran was not born in the United States, like Thomas Cole, the founder of the Hudson River School of Painting. Thomas Moran was British, and his family moved to the United States when I believe he was seven. So this would have been in the early 1840s. And he was a, a woodcarver. He was apprenticed to an engraver. And he came from a very artistic family. His brother, John, was a photographer, and his brother, Edward, was a painter of maritime scenes. And uh, although Thomas Moran was basically self-taught, he did learn landscape art techniques from his brother, Edward. And uh, in his early days, he actually pictured eastern Pennsylvania, paintings of Philadelphia, paintings of the Wissahickon, paintings of the Tohican, and one of my favorites is his painting that started as a sketch in 1862 when he and his brothers traveled from Philadelphia to Reading, from Reading to Hamburg, from Hamburg probably to Catawissa and then on to Lycoming County. And he sketched the Catawissa Valley in 1862. And in 1865, he turned that into what I think is one of his greatest early panoramic landscapes. It's called A Valley of the Catawissa, Autumn 1865. And I've done multiple sketches of that. In fact, I have one in front of me now. And in my estimation, that particular composition was the model that he used when he ultimately went to the American West and became renowned for his sketches and watercolors of the uh, Yellowstone. He was there in 1871 with the Haydn expedition. And he was the artist that came along. And his friend, William Henry Jackson, was a pioneer photographer. So it was his sketches and the photographs of Jackson that helped convince Congress 
to set aside Yellowstone as the world's first national park. And since this is the 150th anniversary of, of that, I am devoting two arts projects, both of them at Hickory Run State Park, the first on Saturday, July the 16th, and the second on Saturday, August the 13th. And these are basically coloring projects for very young children. I'm taking the sketches that I've done. Uh, I actually have a, a sketch based on his 1872 panoramic view, which is a monumental work. And it was in the Congress for years, as well as a detail of a later work from 1893. And that's a detail, again, a monumental, but this is just a detail. And so what I'm doing is I've prepared these. I'm going to have photocopies made for the kids, and they could color them, one or both, as well as I'm hoping to have copies of his view of the Catawissa Valley autumn 1865, which actually is only about 35 miles away from where we're going to be at Hickory Run State Park. And uh, lots of people think of the Catawissa as being in Schuylkill as well as in Columbia County, but it actually starts in Luzerne County. So the headwaters of the Catawissa Creek, which are featured in this 1865 painting, which I believe was his model for the composition of his later monumental works uh, featuring the Yellowstone, the headwaters of that creek actually be about 20 miles from where we were going to be doing this project. And it will be on two different days. Both projects will feature the paintings of the Yellowstone, and I might persuade my friends at the state park to make photocopies of the Catawissa and then give those to the kids. Maybe they could even visit the Catawissa. And it's going to be both days. It's free of charge. No registration is necessary. It's going to be at the visitor center. There's a very nice porch at the visitor center. And uh, there's picnic tables there. We're just going to do the coloring there. And I'm inviting people who are not necessarily staying at the park or even visiting the park to please come. It's a short drive from uh, Pocono Pines or Jim Thorpe or Weatherly or Freeland or Whitehaven. And there's a lot more to do than just color with me. If the parents are interested, they can participate. I will tell them the significance of Thomas Moran, his connection to eastern Pennsylvania, uh, also the connection of George Catlin to eastern Pennsylvania. And it would be a great time for them to see what other artistic elements are offered by the state park. They have a, I guess you would call it a gallery, and they feature several, I think about eight, reproductions of John James Audubon's paintings, which he did along the Lehigh River in 1829. He spent six weeks looking for birds to paint, and he probably did about eight, maybe ten of them, and there's reproductions of those birds which were actually painted where we are going to be doing this arts project. Additionally, the rhododendron will be in bloom, and I'm inviting people to bring their kids to see the rhododendron. Uh, they can get out and walk along one of two trails. There's the uh, Hawk Falls Trail. There's also the uh, Shades of Death Trail, which you can access directly from the visitor center. And there's also just a road to the boulder field you could drive down, and it should be an alley of rhododendron. So if people are interested, if they are artistically inclined, if their kids are artistically inclined, they could bring cameras, they could bring sketchbooks, 
after the coloring project. They can bring sketchbooks. They can go to these places. It's a great walk. It's a beautiful place. The rhododendrons should be at their peak between the two dates, which are July the 16th, starting at 11 a.m. at the Visitor Center. And this is geared for children ages 5 to 8. But I encourage older kids to come by. And if they're not interested in coloring, I'm going to hand out blank sheets of paper and just ask them to draw a place that they would consider should be preserved as a national treasure. So it's not simply to go through the motions of of doing things. It's opening the eyes of children, young children, older children, and adults to see their surroundings in a different light. And then the August event is the same format. The same, right, because this is the 150th anniversary of the founding of Yellowstone, which occurred on March 1st, 1872. So that's 150 years ago this past March. But first and probably the most famous panoramic view of Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone, was done in 1872. And that will be featured as well as a detail from another panoramic view that he did in 1893. So one is a detail of the later work, and one is a sketch, a very simplified sketch of the earlier work. Now, you have a book that was interesting the last time that you were here, quoting some of the artists themselves. Is there something that you wanted to draw our attention to? Yes. I consider George Catlin to be the most important artist ever ever to come out of America because he put his art to a better purpose to a greater purpose, and that was to preserve the habitat. Next to him, I I consider Thomas Moran to be the greatest artist because he used his work for the same purpose. So we have the beginning and the culmination of this whole idea of a national park with George Catlin, who was born in Wilkesboro, and ending with Thomas Moran, who grew up in Philadelphia, and he actually painted in, in eastern Pennsylvania. But this is a book by... John Ewers, that's E-W-E-R-S, and I think it was printed in 1959, I believe. It's called Artist of the Old West, and it talks about all of the artists associated with the American West, including Carl Bodmer, uh, Albert Bierstadt, uh, George Catlin, and uh, Thomas Moran. And the last time I was here, I read about how Thomas Moran was inspired to join the, the, the Haydn expedition, but the very last passages in this chapter talks about the contribution that Moran and his art, along with the art of Albert Bierstadt, made. And the last passage says, Through colorful works, Moran awakened American pride in the grandeur of the West and a national interest in preserving many uniquely beautiful parts of that region for the inspiration and enjoyment of future generations. And that really sums up his contribution, not only to the preservation of Yellowstone, but he also pictured Yosemite Valley. He pictured the coast of California, the Grand Canyon. He pictured the American South. He, He painted in Florida. He painted on Long Island. And everywhere he went, he took his, he took his genius to portray that place for what it had to offer. His paintings of eastern Pennsylvania are a combination of settled structures, such as Philadelphia, and rugged hillsides, such as uh, the Blue Mountain. When he lived in Long Island, he really focused on the atmosphere. 
he focused on the foliage. He focused on the terrain. When he was in Florida, he also focused on the foliage, on the unique ecosystems. That word wasn't even invented yet. The unique ecosystems that Florida had to offer. He finally settled in Southern California, and he painted Santa Barbara Mission. He painted uh, the coast of California. And everywhere he, he went, he had an eye for the detail that made that place unique. So it doesn't matter if you're on the prairie or if you're in the bayous or if you're in the mountains or if you're in the desert. There's something to see wherever you go. And the idea is you need to train yourself to look and then to appreciate it and then do something about it. John Lakuta, a lawyer, arts advocate, and conservation volunteer who will present two art workshops at Hickory Run State Park in Carbon County in July and August. The first this Saturday, July 16th at 11 a.m., will be held at the Visitor's Center. And then again, Saturday, August 13th, also at 11. The address for the park is Pennsylvania Route 534 in Whitehaven. And you can find the park by just searching on the web for Hickory Run State Park, H-I-C-K-O-R-Y, Hickory Run State Park, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash hickory run sp that's facebook.com slash hickory run sp and those workshops are to be held at the hickory run state park in carbon county saturday this saturday july 16th at 11 a.m and also saturday august 13th at 11 a.m at the visitor's center at hickory run state park and that's Pennsylvania Route 534 in Whitehaven. For more information on Facebook, facebook.com slash hickoryrunsp.